praise God. If you're visiting this morning, you're so welcome. We just want to welcome you. Um, If you're here for the first time, it's so good to have you with us. We're a church who love Jesus and believe that he's got a plan for each and every life. And uh, that plan is well worth finding out. It's not not, uh, left to your own imagination. God reveals his plan through his word and spirit. It's not your plan, it's his. And his plans always are the best. And he always plans to do you good. To give you a hope and a future. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Jesus. You've always got good plans for us. And this morning, part of your plan is for us to understand your ways and to hear your voice through your word. And I pray for grace, great grace on each one of us, myself included. Lord, we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit, to even understand the things uh, that are spiritual. The natural man cannot understand. But Lord, you reveal things through your spirit. And I thank you today, I hasn't seen nor ear heard nor have entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for his people, for those who love him. But you reveal these things through your spirit. We just thank you for that, Father. Spirit of revelation, we need you. Amen. Amen. I have a, just a, a message from the Lord, but also a little bit of a teach this morning on how to pray for others. Praying for others. And I, I think this is probably one of the most important things that you can be equipped in, is how to pray. Um, I grew up thinking prayer was um, grace, you say, before a meal. And I grew up thinking that it was just this, help! But actually prayer has many different aspects to it and there are many different ways to pray. And very often we get in a bit of a rut because we get stuck in the way that we always pray. And God wants to expand and grow every single one of us in our prayer life. Because prayer essentially is coming to God whether it's for you personally, but often it's uh, praying for others, praying for your family, praying for your friends, for your children, for your husband, for your work colleagues, or somebody that you meet in the street that looks distressed, that God puts on your heart. So simply praying for others, there's a terminology called intercession. That's what it means. Asking God on behalf of someone else. And somebody once described praying for others or intercession as love on its knees. Love on its knees. So actually prayer is an expression of love for God and for people. Isn't that interesting? Because sometimes I think... If we're left to our own devices, we can end up so narrow in our prayer life. And all we pray for is my thing, my money, my work, my family. But the Holy Spirit 
in every believer has a love that is shed abroad in each heart that is so expansive it includes all the world. And isn't it amazing how God's love is so vast that when he saw the world in sin and darkness and under the control of the devil, he so loved every single one of us while we were still sinners, while we were still wrong, and he sent his son to die on the cross. So that's the love of God. It's all embracing because God's love (laughs) meant that he has provided salvation through every and for every generation, every person, for all who believe, who yield to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and bow willingly, yield their lives, complete surrender and confess that he is Lord. You'll be saved. And so God's love is broad. And so praying for people, God wants to broaden our prayer lives. And we see this in the early church. The book of Acts is actually, um, it's written with so much prayer involved. Everything that is prayed is released in the power of God. So actually, it's probably prayer is mentioned or is uh, the fruit of everything that's happening is because the people were praying. And we looked at this story in Hebrews, sorry, in Acts 12 a few weeks ago. We're going to go back to that. And it's, it's such an exciting, um, amazing event. Because Herod, the political leader of that time, was so full of hate and had such a political agenda that was actually twisted and evil that he wanted to, to please the Jews, to kill important leaders in the church. So it says in verse 1 that Herod stretched out his hand to harass some from the church and he killed James. Uh, uh, the brother of John with a sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so that when he had arrested him, he put him in prison, delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. So his intention, his plan, was to kill Peter. Now Peter was the leading, one of the leading people in the church that Jesus had trained to become an apostle and a leading apostle. So this is an important person in the church of Jesus Christ, this brand new church. And so Herod's plan was to kill him. But actually, behind Herod's plan, there is always a satanic power at work because our battle isn't against people. It's against principalities and powers of darkness. And so you have to use a spiritual means to bring about what is essentially a spiritual victory. Which is why we are to pray for our government because the the answer is in prayer, is in the spirit. It's not a natural answer. Voting won't change the nation. It's necessary to vote what is righteous, 
but it won't change the nation. Prayer changes the nation. And so there's a demonic assignment aimed at the church and the way to stop a church is to take out the leadership. Okay, so that's the the agenda. In verse 5 it says, But, even though he was kept in prison, certain death awaiting, but the church prayed. Constant prayer was offered to God by him, for him by the church. Constant, continuing prayer. There, this isn't rocket science, actually. This doesn't need much, much explanation. The whole point of this is that we understand that prayer saved Peter. Okay, that's the, that's the whole point of the story. And you can read on later about angels unlocking the prison, supernatural. He gets out of prison. But the point is, it was prayer that saved Peter. I wonder if you knew how many people prayed for you before you were saved. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for me. There is no way I'd have got saved and come to know Jesus without somebody praying for me. Whether it was a granny or a mum or a dad or a friend or someone walking past you on the street. Someone prayed. But this shows us that though the enemy enemy has plans and they are very real to destroy people's lives and their destiny. Did you know Satan has a plan to destroy your future? Your destiny in God. Prayer can alter that plan and bring about the plan of God. But this shows us that God has chosen to work through prayer. And if an individual believer stops praying, God stops working. Can I say that again? If someone stops praying, God stops working because he has chosen to work through prayer. And if a church stops praying, God stops working. Okay, so if we don't pray, there isn't the advance. There isn't the deliverance. Peter was prayed for by Jesus. I don't know whether you remember it in Luke uh, chapter 22. And this is before Peter was tempted by the enemy to deny Jesus. And the amazing thing is, Jesus said, look, Satan's desire to sift you as wheat. And often the way Satan sifts is to tempt us to do anything outside the will of God. He'll tempt you through sin or he'll tempt you through fear to move out of God's will for your life. But Jesus said, I've prayed for you. They're the most wonderful words. Look at this, verse 32. But I have prayed for you. What wonderful words. Satan wanted to do this, that's his plan, but I, this is an individual, this is Jesus, have prayed for you. Isn't it amazing that Jesus needs to pray like you and I do? 
Jesus needed to pray to get the God, God's work done. That's why his prayer life was the key to the work of God that he did. He, always, he was a man of prayer. And Jesus said, I've prayed for you, but I love this, that your faith won't fail. Because essentially, anything that leads us away from Jesus is unbelief. Heart departs from God. But Jesus prayed that Peter's heart would return to the Lord. What a wonderful prayer to pray for anyone who's moving out of the will of God. I have prayed for you that your heart would return to Jesus. See, when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Prayer altered the path of sin, compromise, and actually the plan of Satan to take him out of his call. Now, I think this is incredible because Jesus prayed in the same conditions that we have to pray. Mark 11 says, Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive it, and it, it will be done. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive it and it will be done. Now Jesus prayed in exactly the same way for Peter. He prayed that he would return, but then he said, and when you have. So in other words, he believed in prayer that it would happen. He prayed in the same condition as he teaches us to pray. Praying for others, it doesn't just mean praying. It means believe that you receive what you're asking for. Not just praying for people. Praying, believing. When you pray, the very moment you're praying for somebody, believe God that it is done. And Jesus already said, right, it's a done deal. When you've returned, strengthen your church, strengthen your brethren. He'd already said it as a done deal in prayer. <coughs> this is all before Peter came back. Isn't that amazing? Um, I've got a story for you. <laughs> Rhino Bunky. How many have heard of Rhino Bunky? He was a great evangelist. He was a young man. He went out on mission to somewhere in Africa. I can't remember where he was. Excuse me. It's a really great story. I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> Nearly as great as when the church prayed and Peter came out of prison. Because I believe these stories. Because it's the word of God. That is extremely explosive, by the way. It's phenomenal. And it's phenomenal. Prayer can save somebody's destiny. It can save a marriage. It can save your kids. It can save a future. Left to sin and Satan. God, it answers prayer. So he's out on mission and he drinks some bad water. And if you've ever had, I think when we were on mission in Burundi and Rwanda, I actually had a touch of cholera. <laughs> but what was, what was amazing, you know, a touch. And what was amazing in every situation where 
and we were preaching, I'd be well. And then as soon as I'd finished preaching, where's the loo? Anyway, there we go. Too much information. Anyway, um, uh, uh, so he drank this water and he began to feel very ill. And he was in, in bed for days. And he said, as it went on, it got worse and worse. And he felt this blanket, cold blanket of darkness come on him, like death. And he thought, this is it, I'm going. And everybody said, there is no way we can do anything about your condition. This is as a young man before he saw multitudes saved. So obviously Satan had a plan. But in Germany, there was a woman who was part of his, uh, the church he belonged to. And she suddenly felt this burden to pray for him. And praise God, she didn't just have an idea to pray. She did it. Because ideas and teaching about prayer don't save people. Praying does. Okay, it's actually doing it. So she went to her room, closed the door, and Jesus actually said to do that. When you pray, go talk to your father who's in heaven, in the secret place, and he'll reward you openly. Anyway, so she prays. And actually, she was there a long time, on her knees, by her bed, praying. And she said, I don't know what it is, Lord. You've put a burden on my heart for right now. There's something is seriously wrong with him. And I pray you deliver him. And I pray, Lord, that with long life you satisfy him and show him your salvation. And it took a while, but she just suddenly felt it's done. I felt that when I've prayed for somebody in an emergency situation. Well, that's it. It's done. You just know in your, you know her, you know in your heart. That's it. Received. The prayer has been received. I've got it. And uh, a while later, Reinhard, he, he actually recovered from that point. It left. He felt that death blanket leave. And he knew he was recovering. And he didn't know it was the result of someone's prayer. So when he went back to Germany later on, he went to the church And he said, something happened. There was a turnaround. I was about to die, but God intervened. And this little uh, lady came to him and said, I've got a diary here. What actual time was it that you were uh, in that situation? And he said, I can tell you exactly the moment, the day that it turned around. And the woman said, that was the hour in which I believed I'd received your victory in prayer. The power of prayer to change a plan of the enemy to take life out. Thank God for the power of prayer. Thank God for the power of prayer. And Jesus actually doesn't say, Pray continually, you know, to pray and never give up. He doesn't say these things to keep us busy. I know what I do. I have a plan. Let's keep them fully busy until I come back. He says, whatever you ask in my name, 
I will do. And he said that, my, that your joy will be full. Because uh, with answered prayer comes joy. John 16 tells us that. There's nothing like joy in answered prayer. I've recently prayed for one and two people in the church. Shall I tell you who they are? I'm not going to tell you because it's a secret. And I've seen God answer. There's been change. Change in their heart. A change in their passion for Jesus. A change. God has moved in their lives. When I pray for people... Sometimes people need a word of encouragement. I, I, I come to the Lord. I say, Lord, you want to encourage them. I'm asking you. Either give me a word or encourage them. But do something, Lord, to change their situation. And it's amazing how God just speaks. God speaks to me. And I know exactly what is needed in that situation. Prayer is powerful. Now, I'm going to talk about this love on its needs a little bit more and tell you about a Hebrew word which I'm sure you decided to come to church on Sunday and hear about. Because a Hebrew word, many of you will say, that has no relevance to me. But actually, this word, which is the Hebrew word for intercession, has many meanings that I believe is going to inspire you to pray. And God's, God's goal of this message is that you, not just that your mouth moves more, but your heart and your mouth move more. <laughs> not just your mouth. It's your heart and your mouth. That there will be a more prayer, because I believe like that early church, they upped their personal investment in prayer. And I believe God is asking us to up our personal investment in prayer. How's that? Is that good? The Lord is saying, up your personal prayer life. Up your commitment to praying with the church. For those of you who have no commitment to pray with others, it's time for prayer in the church because our nation needs prayer the people that you know and in this region need prayer so intercession there is this Hebrew word and I love it because it's a bit uh, I think it's very dramatic and it's, it's pagar okay so there we are pagar P-A-G-A the Hebrew word pagar Intercession. So when you say, I have prayed for you in Hebrew, one of the words they use is, I have pagard you. Okay? And I always think it sounds a bit like Shazam! Or boom! But you'll see why in a minute. So the Hebrew word means pagar, and there are many different meanings of this word. And one of the most basic meanings is that it's a meeting. So pagar means... A meeting. So that would mean that if I go to God and I pray and ask God to meet with Boris Johnson this week, I have pagard him. God will answer and meet with him. Okay, so I'm asking God 
to meet with. You can ask God to meet with your husband. You can ask God to meet with your children. I've been praying for my neighbor for a while, but I've asked God to meet with my next door neighbors so that they will know Jesus. It's the most simple form. I come to him, that's my meeting, because I can, before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help. And I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, you'll meet with the cabinet this week. They really need you, Lord. They really need you. Come and meet with them. So that's what one of the meanings is. Pagar, a meeting. Another meeting is to land upon, as if by chance. So if I pagar you, it can mean that God will land upon you, and it seems by chance. It just seems to happen. Now this is... Uh, What happened to Jacob when he was on the run from Esau? God threw, (laughs) pagard him, landed on him. He was, uh, do you remember, he was on the run and he lay down to sleep and he put his head on a stone. And as he's sleeping, he has a dream. And in that dream, he sees the Lord and he hears God's will and call and geographic, geographical location for him. That God says, I've called you. And up to that point, Jacob was totally unaware of God and his call. How many of you know someone who's totally unaware of God and their call? They're just involved in natural things. Anybody? Uh, if you know anybody, you will know. There are some people that are just totally unaware Well, when you pray, you can say, Lord, land upon them. Open their eyes so they see into the heavenly realm, whether it's through a dream, whether it's through someone else speaking, or whether it's just suddenly they have an encounter with God and they are opening up to an understanding of this is what God has for me. And from that point... Jacob completely changed because he knew he was called and he knew what God's plan was for his life. So that's another meaning of pagar. May God land upon you, I pray, in such light and revelation that where you are unaware of the things of God, that God would break through your natural and bring light and an opening into the vision that God has for your life. What a wonderful thing. So I have prayed for you to have a meeting, and I have prayed for you that God would land on you. Amen. What a wonderful thing to do. Pray. You know, sometimes when I'm praying for individuals, I get a burden or I just know that there's a need, a concern, and that concern leads me to prayer. When I'm praying, I might pray simply, Lord, meet with them, visit them, which is what a meeting is. I might simply pray, Lord, open their eyes that they may see, (laughs) be enlightened in their hearts to have uh, an understanding of the the inheritance that's theirs, their calling, the hope of their calling, and the riches and the power that God has put on the inside. 
But at other times, I just don't know what to pray. And that's what Romans 8, 26 teaches us. When we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us. And he prays through us with different uh, tongues, with different expressions, so that when we yield to him, he, he speaks spiritual language through us according to the will of God. And in that, I'll start to pray for t- in tongues for someone. And I, I won't really know what's happening. I'll just pray in tongues. But I, you know, we're always supposed to believe God's working when we pray, whether it's in tongues or in English or whatever your language is. We're supposed to believe because it's in the believing that it's powerful. It's in the believing that it's powerful, not just the doing. Believing. And so I'll pray in tongues. And then I'll just believe God's working, God's working. And he's going to work out his plan. And suddenly they'll land in the right place at the right time and become aware of God's plan. I love that. So tongues is a very important part of intercession and prayer. Um, The word of God, the promises of God are so vital that we claim them when we pray. And we pray the promise of God for individuals because it's not yes, no, maybe. It's always yes and amen in Christ. The promise is not yes, no, maybe. That's where our confidence comes from. It comes from knowing the will of God and his promise for individuals. All of them are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So a meeting to land upon. Number three is to strike the mark. Love that. Pagah! Okay? So to strike the mark, the Jewish, um, the military in Israel still use this word. And they say pagah means bullseye. So when they hit the bullseye, they go pagah. Do you not think that's great? I love that. So when Jesus prayed for Peter, he pagahed him. Bullseye. He hit the mark because it was the will of God that Peter returned and fulfilled his call. You know, there are, there are things that God has for you that unless you pray or unless someone prays, it's not going to be achieved. A bullseye is accurate. And so when we pray the will of God, the word of God, the promises of God, it brings in an accuracy, shot and scored, to strike the mark. Praise God. Um, I'd have loved to have been, you know, if, um, if I'd lived in that generation, I'd love to have been a believer who prayed for the apostle Paul before he was saved. Okay, because I call that striking the mark. What happened was light came from heaven. And he was literally, suddenly God hit the mark in him. And he yielded, who are you, Lord? This guy who was persecuting the church. Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Took it personal. Jesus always takes any attack on the church personally. And he basically, Paul, Saul at that time, fell off his horse, fell to the ground, and he received Jesus Christ 
as his Lord. What do you want me to do, Lord? He became a, a real powerful instrument in the hand of God to strike the mark. Now, to strike the mark is, is, is not in anger. We are in a season of grace. And Jesus taught us to pray, as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. And so God's dream for humanity is what's happening in heaven. So whoever you pray for, his dream is as it is in heaven. But often what it will mean is that we pray that there will be a yielding to the will of God so that there can be a receiving of heaven's dream for your life. Amen. A yielding to the will of God so you can receive God's dream for your life. Sometimes, you know, when I am praying, I speak out the word. I decree what God says over someone's life. I don't just pray. I say the word. I proclaim the word. And the word strikes the mark every time. It's the sword of the spirit. That's why Paul says when you're praying, praying always in the spirit for all the saints, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be praying for each other. That's part of your call is to pray for the church, to pray for one another. I decree the word. I declare the word of God over individuals' lives or over the church. Because the, when you speak, it actually accomplishes the will of God, hits the mark. I'm just going to finish with this one, and then we're going to pray. Um, and it's the, the final thing um, is to divide territories. When Joshua was dividing the territory of the Israelites, the different tribes in Israel, and Pagar in this sense means to set boundaries. To set boundaries. Did you know that when you pray, you can set boundaries around a person? So that, first of all, they're hemmed in behind and before by the Lord. Okay, so that brings them into the will of God for their lives. But it also is a boundary that says to the enemy, you can't come in. You can't come in. And so when you're praying the will of God for someone, you're taking a promise, you're taking heaven's perspective on their lives. Not praying judgment, not praying in anger, not praying in resentment, but praying as it is in heaven. When you get the will of God for someone and they're not in it, um, I get alarm bells when I, I can pick things up when people aren't walking with God. I just know it. I have, I'm a pastor. I can see uh, things in people's lives. And so when I get an alarm... I pray. Praise God. Praise God. I pray. And I go into my room and I pray. I've prayed. There isn't one of you I haven't prayed for. Unless I didn't know you. It's great to have you with us. Um, but I've prayed. And this alarm bell is like they're walking away. They're doing something wrong, something unclean or something. Desire for other things has crept in. Where there used to be a devotion to Jesus, what's come in is everything else but Jesus and his plan 
There's no devotion to prayer, no devotion to the body of Christ anymore. And I start to pray. I start to pray. And that can start to hem in. There's a hemming in of God. Sometimes that hemming in can include me saying something. Because God uses people as well to hem us in. To bring us into the plan of God. And it's only because of love. But there are times where discipline is needed. Because a father always disciplines his own children. Doesn't let them run riot and say, do whatever you like. He says, actually, this is, this is wrong. So I start in prayer. Because if we don't start in prayer, we're not going to see the power of God at work. So that if you do talk to them, are led to, it's, just not, it's not just words. Grace has already gone before. You know, if you're in a moment in a relationship, you need to walk away, pray, then come back with the grace of God rather than hit it in the flesh. Pray, pray, up the ante. Continue earnestly in prayer. Setting a boundary, setting a boundary. Alarm bells go off. Lord, there's something wrong with my friend. They're backing off. They're getting cold. I'm coming to you, Lord. I want you to strike the mark. I want you to land on them. I want you to, I'll have them all, Lord. Have a meeting with them and hem them in behind and before. Do it all, Lord, as far as I'm concerned, for them, for their sake and for your glory. (laughs) Save them. Do something. You know, when the church prays, something happens. God moves. Praise God. If you're a leader of anything, anyone, which we all should be leading someone, in your family, spiritually, the only way to lead is on your knees. It's the only way to lead people. If you're in a part of a ministry team, is prayer. Pray for the young people. Pray for your family, your children. Pray for your wife your husband. Pray for all the church. Takes a while, yes. But it's not to keep you busy. It's to keep the kingdom of heaven advancing and to keep the will of God being done. We need the power of God in this generation. Um, Pagar, right. Setting a boundary. I just want to finish with this one about the enemy. Um, The enemy is always out to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? So um, you could say the enemy is always out to tempt Peter away from his call. But Jesus prayed, and the plan didn't succeed. But uh, there is a reference to um, the enemy trying to steal the land and the people that Israel was called to live in. And uh, the Philistines were the enemy at that point. And they came to attack the nation of Israel. And they were powerless to do anything about it. But they had someone who could pray called Samuel. I want to know, I want to just say something. The most valuable people in this house are the prayers. Hello? They're the people who pray. And a church who pray, called out ones who are called to pray, 
We're all called to the ministry of praying for others. No one is left out of that call. And Samuel could pray. And they said, pray to God for us. And Samuel prayed and cried out to the Lord for a great deliverance. Didn't Jesus say, pray, deliver us from evil? It's what Samuel prayed. Deliver us from evil. And the enemy, God thundered from heaven and the enemy ran. And it says in 1 Samuel 7.13 that during Samuel's life, the enemy never came back into that territory. Because I believe you can win territory and keep it. (laughs) Amen. You can win territory and keep it in prayer. And you know, if there is going to be an advance of the kingdom of heaven, as we know God wants to do, it will be happening because you pagar. You pray. It's because your family need your prayer. It's because our schools need a praying person to pray for them. The children, the headmaster, the teachers... If you work in the hospital, we need praying people. Wherever you work in the council, it doesn't matter what you do. Prayer. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Praise God. I found this word study amazing because it broadens our faith and perspective of what God can do. God can land on somebody that you're praying for. In a dream, your kids can suddenly have an encounter with God. A Jacob moment where they were unaware and suddenly your friend at work will suddenly have a meeting with God and start to say, I'm just just suddenly interested in God. I had a thought or I had a dream last night. It's because you prayed and set that up. Our country will be saved because we're praying. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray, then I will hear and heal their land. That's the promise. Pray first. Nation change next. It's a promise. And it's an amazing promise. I just uh, want to encourage you that whoever you've prayed for, believing God to work, God is at work. Your kids, your family, God is at work. That, That son who's far away from the Lord or daughter who's got such rebellion in doesn't want anything to do with God. God's working. There's a pagar. There's a striking the mark. God is moving in and through your prayers. Your children will be saved through your prayers. Leaders in churches will be saved. We will be saved if you pray for us from demonic assignments. Thank you for praying for us, those of you who do. And I believe it's time we up our personal investment in prayer. That's what the Lord is saying to each and every one of you. 
Whether you do, it's still, (laughs) it's your choice. But actually it's the call of God. You've been chosen for such a time as this to be instrumental in changing individual lives one by one for the glory of God. Shall we stand? Thank you, Jesus. Ash, can you come up and just quietly um, minister? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. How many of you love your new word, Pagar? I prefer it to Shazam. I prefer it to Boom. You could say to somebody, go and say it to them, I'm going to Pagar you. (laughs) I'm going to Pagar you. I do Pagar. I do Pagar. I do pray that God will land on you, that you will see and be aware of the purpose of God for your life and not live spiritually dense, but that you be awakened to the call of God, awakened to the will of God for your life. Father, we come to you now and we thank you, Father, that we can come right before the throne of eternity. That's the place the blood of Jesus has brought us. And we see ourselves, Lord, standing before you, made holy by the blood of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of being invited into relationship with you to pray for others. And Lord, I pray that you will touch my heart, our hearts. Come on, lift your hands now and just pray for a fresh touch of the love of God in your prayer life. That I will be moved by the concerns of people's lives, by the needs of others. That I wouldn't be so selfish, Lord, and just think of me, but that your love in me would work so powerfully that it will embrace the people I work with, the people I walk by, my neighbours, the unsaved, Lord, around us, that we would love one another enough to pray, praying always with all kinds of prayer in the Spirit. Lord, I want to thank you that it's time for a victory in our nation. It's time to see that agenda, that demonic assignment against the church halted. But only a praying people will do this, Lord. Only a praying people will turn the tide. Only a praying people will see darkness flee. Only a praying people will bring back your order in family life. Only a praying people, Lord, will bring righteousness into our government. Only a praying people will bring peace into our nation and into families. Only a praying people will save marriages and see our children saved. And so, Father, we cry out to you to come and move, Lord, in our hearts so that our mouths, our agendas will be that we will fall on our knees and cry out to the living God and pray on behalf of many. The Father, you fill our hearts with your choice for people to pray with that our hearts would burn with love for one another that we'd love each other so much that we would pray that we wouldn't leave it to the spiritual but we would take on this ministry personally and I pray Father that we wouldn't compromise our prayer with the thoughts of this world 
but our thoughts will be your thoughts that it will be your word your promises that we'll come to you with we put them into your ear Father and declare this is what you say this is what you say no good thing will you withhold from those whose walk is upright that's not a yes or a no or a maybe it's a full on yes thank you Lord thank you Lord And I just want to thank you, Lord, for a fresh grace upon us to pray. In the secret place, but also together. Lord, it's united praying. It's people gathering to pray. Upping our personal agenda, uh, spiritual agenda to pray that will change things. Let's just release the spiritual language. Just pray in the spirit. It's Romans 8, 26. We don't know what to pray. Just pray. Pray. Lifting up holy hands, Lord. Lifting up holy hands, Lord, before you. Yes, Lord, you tell us to pray for all in authority, Father. We come to you now. We ask you to meet with our Prime Minister. Come on. Come on, church. Let's pray. Come and meet with our Prime Minister, Lord. Light upon him with revelation. Come and land on him, Lord, with heavenly vision. We pray for Prince Charles and Camilla. Thank you, Lord, that yesterday they had a spiritual experience, Lord, when they saw where, where you were baptized at the Jordan. We want to pray for them, Lord. In this moment, this moment, while they're slightly open, we pray that you will bring light of Jesus into their lives. Lord, will you pagar them, strike them out, come, let light from heaven come. Uh, save our uh, Prince Charles, Lord. Save him. Deliver him from evil. Prince William, Lord, we pray for a royal family that will be royal in your sight. In your sight, Father. Yes, Lord. Move in the hospital, Lord, today. Come on, let's stretch out our hand to the, to the hospital. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, land upon those who are just about to go into eternity. Come and save them. Come on, church, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, move. Bring revelation of Jesus. For those who are in a coma, Lord, <laughs> Lord, come and land on them. Let them be aware of you and let them be saved, we pray. In our schools all over this area, Father, we pray. We just claim the territory, Lord. We drive out that spirit of wickedness. We drive out that spirit of rebellion. We cry out to you, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and breathe on these slain that they may live. Come and breathe on them that they may live. Come on, church. Let's rise up with one voice, one heart, one mind, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, breathe. Awaken the people of this town. Awaken them. Come on. Come on, church. Let's agree. Lord, come and awaken them. 
Lord, as the Christmas carols are sung all over in all the shops and as the lights go on, the Christmas lights go on, Lord, we pray the light of Jesus, come on. Switch on their light, Lord. Let them see Jesus, we pray. Father, we claim our children. Come on. Future generations. Come on, future generations. Children not yet born that will proclaim your praise. Come on, church. Children not yet born. Come on, Lord. We're asking you for generational Believers who will follow you. Land upon our children downstairs where they are right now. All the way through this building. Come Lord, land upon them. Land upon the youngest Lord, child. And come and bring light of Jesus. Bless our children with the knowledge of you. Teach our children Lord who you are. That not one will be lost to the enemy. And Father, for all the backsliders who've walked away and got cold in their hearts, those whose desires are so full of other things in this world, we pray, Holy Spirit, like Jesus prayed, that they would return. Come on, church. Anybody you know, just pray. Come on, bring them before the Father. Come, Lord. I pray they will return. I pray they will return. To serve the living God, to serve Him. Those who are bordering on unbelief. <laughs> oh, we say it's not over. Come on, church. We say it's not over. Our God reigns. Our God is able to save. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that their faith will not fail. Their faith won't fail. And they will return and strengthen your people. Thank you for your presence, Lord. That we're coming to you when we pray. Coming to a person. And we honor you, Lord as the God who hears prayer and who calls us to pray. Lord, may there be a response in each of our hearts to you to pray for other people. I thank you, Father, for destinies that have been saved, like Rhino Bunky. I just want to thank you, Lord. that there are people here that will pray and calls will be (laughs) saved. People will be saved because we pray. Jesus. Let's just take the two lines of Jesus teaching on prayer and pray the kingdom come and the will of God be done in your life through your, where you work. Just lift your hands. Let's take a few more moments to pray. And then we're going to finish the meeting. Invite him to come and reign. His good, perfect, pleasing will will be done. Thank you, Lord. Yield to you, Father. As it is in heaven. Your will. Let it be done.
Your purpose, let it be fulfilled. I just declare the enemy today that I, I rebuke you. I rebuke you out of this territory. All these people, you have no right to steal them. No right to take them out. In the name of Jesus, I rule over the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, and I resist you. And you must flee right now. Flee. Run like those Philistines ran. Get out of our territory. In Jesus' name. I drive out the enemy uh, coming through media into our children's lives. I drive you out in Jesus' name. And I pray for wisdom, Lord, for, your, um, for every parent here. That they would um, just claim that territory and not allow the enemy to come and feed the minds and hearts of our children through media and through uh, video games, whatever it is. That, Father, there be a new level of wisdom and a stand against unholy things in our families. In Jesus' name. Amen. All God's people said. Amen. So be it. So be it. So be it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's shout our praises to our God. Great deliverance. Great deliverance, Lord, for our nation. Yes, Lord. Great deliverance. It's not for our name, but for yours. It's not for our glory, but yours. And so I pray, Lord, there would be a response to you through this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. So be it. Turn around and say, I'm going to pray for you more. I'm going to pray for the nation. (laughs) I'm going to pray for you more. Amen. 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 It's a blessing to have you um, part of God's army. And uh, have a great week. Have, uh, have a blessed week. And I just know there are going to be many situations changed because of Pagah. Go on, let's, let's finish with one, two, three. Pagah! Sounds like happy birthday or three cheers. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you at the prayer meeting. Guess what, guys? You've got a call. And it's on Wednesday night and it's at 7.30. See you there. God bless you. God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.